welcome nice. to the conversation. Hey, every week we get together and we uh, we discuss uh, something from our life, from our scripture, from our religion. Um, we get together and talk a lot, um, but we, sometimes we decide, hey, we ought to we ought to talk about that topic. Um, this is Rick Coop. Uh, I am Todd Brown, yeah. um, and this we call it the conversation because that's what it really is. It's just us talking about stuff. Uh, and this week, um, Rick uh, got a hold of me the other day, and he said something was on his mind, something he'd been thinking about for a little while. Um, Rick, what what was that thing? Yeah, it was about the woman with the issue of blood okay. and um, how she was treated back then, how she was... Um, shunned by the people who were around her and I, I got to thinking about the loneliness that she must have felt um, because not only was she shunned by her society she was shunned by uh, the people in her faith um, because back then a woman with an issue of blood was considered unclean and even if she touched somebody or somebody touched her they became unclean and uh, so they would yell, you know, things like unclean, and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she was not allowed to be around people. And it just kind of struck me how, to be on the opposite side of it, how we can shun people because of different things that go on uh, with them. It may be a physical condition. It may be a mental condition that they have. It may be, I, I, you and I were talking right before, um, for me, this term unclean is a very broad stroke. Um, it can mean how we treat people who are different than us. Maybe um, they look physically different than us. They um, belong to a different religion than we do. They mm -hmm. belong to, um, uh, they, they, they believe differently um, as far as sexual uh, mm -hmm. beliefs. Um, and it just, it really got me how we can turn away from people because of our own bias. Um, so I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, we can kind of talk about what it meant back then in the history, uh, you know, for this woman. But I'm really interested in talking about what she must have felt and, and how we can do that yeah. to somebody. So... Um so everybody watching, everybody joining us in the conversation online can kind of get what we're even talking about. Um, what we're talking about is a story that's mentioned in all three, or in all three, in all three of the synoptic gospels, because yeah, there's yeah. four gospels right. out there. Yeah. In all three of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Right. Um, and Mark, if you know gospels, uh, if you know the Bible, Mark has, we, always, we joke that Mark is the Reader's Digest abridged version uh, of the Gospels because mm -hmm. he's like just the facts, baby. Yep. Um, but this story, oddly, is the one that he tells it More. longer yeah. than yeah. the others tell it. Right. So I'm going to read Mark, and okay. it's Mark 5, 25 is where I'm going to start. It says, now a woman was there who had been suffering from hemorrhage. For 12, for 12 years, she had endured a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she came up to him in, a, in the crowd and touched his cloak. 
for she kept saying, If only I touch his clothes, I will be healed. And at once the bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Jesus knew once the power had gone out from him, he turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing against you, and you say, Who touched me? But he looked around to see who had done who had done it. And when the woman, with fear and trembling, knowing what what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth, he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. So there are about 70,000 layers in that mm-hmm. one paragraph, and one of them is something that you mentioned, which is, so, we're talking about women having women's bleeding, okay? So we're talking about menstrual bleeding, we're talking right. about uh, um, female reproductive part bleeding. Um, so today, I've said before, Women are made free today to do so many things that they Mm -hmm. weren't allowed Mm -hmm. to do in the past. Not even allowed to. Just again, even if you said, come on, let's do this. They said, look, I got some stuff I got to deal with that I can't go do like you can go do. Um, But in this time, so that just all by itself, Mm -hmm. modern technology birth control pills, modern feminine hygiene products, women can get out and roll, and that's yeah. awesome. I got yeah. four granddaughters and a daughter, and for me, I'm, I'm like, yay, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But uh, back then, that wasn't the case. Right. So just let's just the gross physical part of the fact that she's been dealing with this for 12 years without mm-hmm. stopping. Okay. Mm-hmm. That all by itself would be enough. Sure. In any culture, in any time. But what was unique about this for her as a Jewish woman? As a Jewish woman, she was unclean. Was that, Meaning, yeah. yeah. She, she What's the implication of she, that? Yeah, the she couldn't be. Problems. The practical problem, according to Jewish law, is that she could not be touched. She could not be basically around people. She would be uh, an outcast. Yeah. Um, she could, if she touched somebody, they would become unclean, and they they'd have clean. to go through ceremonial cleaning. And you know, I, I kind of think about just how people think today. And you know, we, even though we've advanced in a lot of areas, we still have this basic, you know, human like. Okay, great. Now I've got to go do the ceremonial washing, and I had this to do, and I had that to do, and I can't mm-hmm. do that. And you know, it's just. This big that woman. Why? Why did she even have to come around? You know? Right. Right. Um, so whether she touched them or they touched her, they would become unclean. She was considered unclean. She would have to be, especially somebody who'd been dealing with that kind of an issue for twelve years. Um, uh, it, it, you know, if she told a friend, and I'm sure that friend told a friend, and that oh, yeah. friend told a so. The this people was in no the area, mystery. No, the people in the area people. would have known. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. because of what Jewish women had to do, uh, because of Jewish law, um, 
people would have known. And these are relatively, we, a lot of times my Wednesday night or my, my Thursday night Bible study with the guys talks about who, where, and when. Uh, the where these were the, she was in the small communities she's not yeah uh, Capernaum right yeah she's yeah. she's in a small community she's yeah. not like Jerusalem she's no. in a fairly small community anyway yeah so everybody knows so everybody would have known um, um, she couldn't get married nope because she could never have consummated the marriage because right. a Jewish man could never be with a woman who was having her menstrual cycle right well she was on a constant mm-hmm um so she wouldn't have been able to practice her faith. She wouldn't have been able to go to church. So she couldn't go to she the temple. She couldn't go to temple. She, she was unclean. We would call go to church. She yeah. couldn't go to temple. She couldn't be a part of those things. Yeah. Um, and then I think, um, and I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, but I need. But I think we need to understand what the implications were for this woman. Um, or she couldn't go to the market. She couldn't go to the market. I mean, she, if she did, she had to just be real. Yeah. She had to be real low key about it. <laughs> She's right. Who, people didn't couldn't recognize who she was, or she yeah. had to go somewhere else to go to the market. But, she she would well, and there were there was a time when the women would draw water and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. She couldn't be around that. I mean, she would have been looked at as like a plague walking. Mm-hmm. You know. And so she would be a burden to her family because mm-hmm. her family would would hopefully take care of her for mm-hmm. her whole life. Um, but even then, for them, the implications and the the the, uh, mm-hmm. the recriminations and the guilt and the sure and the frustration with her frustration that's a word. Uh, <laughs> Only if you live in Indiana. Yeah, the way they'd be <laughs> flustered with her or be frustrated with her about what was going on. Anyway, my point being, um, if you ever get a chance to read and, and just get ready to spend way, way too much time reading the book, um, the uh, Gulag Archipelago, which is a story about the prison system for people who didn't agree with the Russians mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and the stuff they did to them, one of the primary forms of torture of a human is isolation. Mm-hmm. Isolation and lack of sleep. Yep. Um, and so she was isolated. Absolutely. In a crowd. She was isolated in a crowd. Like people wouldn't deal with her. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what got to me about mm-hmm. this story. <clears throat> that isolation. Isolation from um, human touch, uh, companionship. Yeah. You know, she was passed away and was was a less than an undesirable and um, you know today we might even consider her call her one of those that are marginalized yeah you know um, and that that really and not only that but this lady had spent all of her money yep so not only was she isolated but she was broke so nobody to help her nobody to care about her no money to do anything about it and out of resources to try and find yeah. another answer right and and it just I could feel this woman's desperation mm-hmm. here because I, I really truly think that we've all faced or, or many of us have faced that time where you're, you're just in total desperation yeah. what now what next what where, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? What? I, I, 
I have a fr wait, we have a friend, a uh, gentleman that you met, um, and he's dealing with health issues, and it's just one thing after another, after another, after another, and he's back on oxygen now, and you know I can, in my in my spirit, I just feel this, you know, desperation for for mm -hmm, him, mm -hmm. and and I think about her and how many people are there. Um, whether it be physically, whether it be emotionally, whether it be mentally, are just in a desperate place uh, to be recognized as valuable, yeah. as as important. Yeah. So, so the other side of this, the the opposite of this is not the opposite of this. The the side of this that. The other thing that is to be discussed about this, I guess. Golly, that was awkward. Hey, Jesus. Uh, Jesus is in the midst of this, and I think to kind of get an idea about why this breaks out the way that it does, one of the more interesting things to me about it is Jesus is, happens to be in his rock star phase. Mm -hmm. He's pulling up on the shore of places. He's walking into towns, and everybody's like, ooh, that's the dude, and everybody just right. um, heal me, touch me, do my thing, blah, 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 and he's going through all these things. Um, so the people around him have kind of adopted this rock star attitude mm -hmm. about him, like they're his entourage or something. Mm -hmm. And we get some of that in what's going on here. Um, and then the story starts different. She's a side note. She's a she's a something mm -hmm. that happened mm -hmm. on the way. Jesus is actually going because the synagogue leader has come yes. to her and come to him and said, "My daughter is depending on which gospel you read. My yeah. daughter is either extremely ill or dead." dying. Either mm -hmm. way you go, she's dying. Some say she's dead. Mm -hmm. And he he is going with that guy. Now, the, the the giant difference, the gap between who those people are, the synagogue mm -hmm. leader and the lady who is, who is bleeding, the lady who's yeah. ill, yeah. this giant gap between them is unbelievable. The synagogue leader in a small town is... Yeah, I hate to put it this way, but to bring it up to... It would be like um, some rock star coming to see um, the, the governor of Indiana. Yeah. You know, and that's a big deal, and all the photo shoots, and everybody's around, and everybody wants to see it, yep. the paparazzi, and big news, you know, all that, versus... The rock star walking around, and then there's this. I, I hate to put it like this, but it's what it was. This homeless lady who's just, you know, sleeping underneath the bridge. Yep. And what you know, people are staring. What's she doing here? What what what's and going rock on? And rock star guy stops paying attention yeah. to the governor. Right. To. 
pay attention to her. To catch notice. And I don't even want to make so much of a big deal about the fact that he healed her because that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But more about the the fact that he's on his way to go do this thing, and everybody's like, "Hey, we're gonna get to go see him heal this person. It's gonna be great. Go come watch it. This this guy's awesome. You gotta see this." And we're heading that way. And this lady just touches him. Mm-hmm. And he can feel it. To me, that's a testament of her faith, mm-hmm. of her strength. And, and you know, I look, I'm going to do this. I, I, I wrote that. I wrote some things down about her. She She's a woman of, of faith. She's a risk taker. Mm-hmm. She knows she shouldn't be in a crowd. Oh, yeah. She knows she shouldn't be touching anybody. This is when you they beat the snot out of people who did right. things they weren't exactly. supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, you they, they would have stoned her. Now you've made him unclean. Yeah. Look at the mess you made. And, and she pushes through, and in, des- in the desperation, she went against the standards of her time. Um, she was a woman who persevered. She, she pushed through the crowd because she knew that Jesus was the answer to her problem. And, and she overcame her fear, um, the fear of being stoned, being beaten, being cast away. Um, she even, while she was trembling, after she was healed, she was trembling and shaking. And even then, she went back to Jesus. So th- this, is, this is a strong woman. Yeah. This is not, um, she's been beat down. She's been broken. But... Um, she's not ready to give up yet. Yeah. And I, and I admire her. I, I, that's guts. Yeah. That's a pretty gutsy move there. So when we think about what Jesus' response was to her, mm-hmm. uh, we talked about, you and I kind of took different bends at this, but part of what jumps out to me in Jesus' response to her is, also kind of a part of what's going on with him now um, his response to her is to to validate her to to treat her like a human exactly to treat her like yes. his sister to treat her like hey I felt that um, and and for her to be healed by being in his presence, but also in the end, for him to look at her and say, "Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Yeah, and be healed of this disease." Um, he he could easily have just kept walking. When I first he became... could have denied her his power. Exactly. Yeah. We have to remember a couple things here, and I'm glad you said that. Um. This is the Son of God. Mm-hmm. He knew. He knew. Yeah. He knew. Hey, you know what? Today, on, on my, when I'm in Capernaum, I'm going to come across this lady. She's yep. going to be. He knew. When I first became a Christian, um, this whole thought of God the Father was um, a bit of a problem for me. Yeah. Um, because of some issues that I had when I was growing up. Yeah. And when I first read this story and I read that Jesus said, who touched my robe, I read it like, who touched my robe? 
Who yeah. touched me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And it kind of was like, wow, he was yeah, he was really yeah. angry. Yeah, you know that she, and I don't see that now. I'm like, who was it? Who was it to touch my robe? Who was it? Yeah. And I can't help but it was more of a calling out to her hey. and saying, hey, mm -hmm. who who touched my robe? Seeing what her reaction would be, I think he knew. Well, also. The apostles are around him. Mm -hmm. His entourage, if you will. Right, right. And sometimes they acted very entourage. <laughs> sometimes they acted very entourage. Um, <laughs> he usually gave them grief about it. Yeah. But um, the, they say something that makes you know the uniqueness of her touch. Mm -hmm. He was being touched. By tons of people. Yeah. Who were not there in faith, who were not there to be healed, who were not dealing with what she dealt with. Um, and I, I think of it, they were looking for an Elvis towel. Yeah, they were you looking know, for an Elvis his, towel, yeah. exactly. Wipe yeah. his forehead off, throw it out in the crowd. I yeah. saw him. Yeah. Remember back in Aught? Yeah. Aught? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember back in 33 yeah. uh, when we saw Jesus? They were there for that moment. Mm -hmm. So there were there are distinctive things about her coming mm -hmm. that heal her. But there's also distinctive things about Jesus in that moment. He knows that, that she needs. Yeah. He recognizes that she needs. And so his response to her is to, to call, he calls her daughter. Mm -hmm. um, he makes her whole. He says, "Hey, we're good. You've been taken care of." Yeah. And then he goes about his business. It's like I, it's framed in this. He's going to the synagogue leader's house. Going to go see his her, his girl. Boom! Here she is. She's just a paragraph. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on and does his business, but he stops. And so I think where I'm driving is this. So often in our lives, we deal with odd people. Mm -hmm. People who are like, uh, out there. And maybe even people who aren't good for us from an earthly perspective to be with. Mm -hmm. We worry about them or we're concerned they might hurt us or we're concerned that, that there's something about them that um, is, is gross or wrong. Okay. Um, and and our response have you ever been walking through Walmart or the mall do we still have malls do those exist anymore yeah. <laughs> have you ever been walking through a store or something and you see someone that's just out there mm -hmm. they're talking to themselves or they're clearly a trans woman and and you can tell sorry don't care how good they are you can tell there's just something about them that is really out there and if you and you change aisles mm -hmm. <laughs> and if you can't see over you're kind of giving it the okay they, they moved on okay they're standing oh man they're right in front of the thing I want to look at <laughs> And you're waiting on them to get out of the way. They are not a human to you. They're an impediment. They are 
gross and below you and you can't deal, right? Mm -hmm. So those things happen in our lives. But the Jesus response to me, the Jesus response is, go get your stuff. Yeah. Say hi. Right. Make eye contact. Make them a human. Uh, I, I say a lot, make them whole. Make them a person with you. And that's so me too. That's step, to me. That's step one with him. Isn't that one he of the things that Jesus teaches? I, 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 I think it is. Yeah. Oh, but Don't dehumanize someone. That's to me. That is like of the like I say. There's there's like four or five messages, core messages to Jesus. Yeah. And to me, that is when we talk about her. To me, this is a deep reflection of making her whole mm -hmm. in that moment. Hey, I got 18,000 things going on today, and they're following me around. They're calling my name. I'm going to the important dude's house to deal with this thing. And so, you know, with very good reason, he has no time for her. Yeah. But he made time. He stops. Yeah. She was healed by just touching him. Yeah. He didn't have to stop. He could have smiled to himself and kept walking, but he didn't. He stopped. And looked her in the eyeball and made her... And called her daughter. Yeah, and called you her belong. daughter. He made her whole in that yeah. moment, right? So, and, and not just whole physically. No, understood. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. She, oh, she's broken on 75,000 oh, yeah. layers. Yeah. Physically is just the key to open the door. She yes, hasn't even walked in yet. Yeah. It's, it's about making her a back a part of so meanwhile back to the Jewish problem he made her okay and I'm not picking on the Jewish law alright I'm going to tell you that when we were dealing with Iron Age man and these laws were created they were created for a reason there was a reason well, yeah the disease was different yeah uh, how we handled being clean was different what we dealt with was different. Now we've moved on. And and he's dealing with it in the frame. But what he's made her by doing what he did for her, for her physical, he reinserted her into the world. Yes. And and that's what I was just gonna say to you. There is a way to deal with the disease without dehumanizing someone. Absolutely. There's a way to deal with somebody who's different than you, regardless of your own bias. There's a way to deal with somebody who's different than you without dehumanizing them. Absolutely. Without making them less than you. And that's a problem when we make somebody less than. Whether it's the addict, whether it's the alcoholic, whether it's, you know, there are Christians who look at Muslims and like, oh, you trashy people, we just horrible people you know there are people who look at, at people of and it's every race that does this it's not just the white race but yeah every race but since we are the white race and we kind of yeah. know what's going on there yeah. but there are there are every race has had a time when they've looked at another race or people from another region uh, whether they're the same country or not but from another region and have thought them of them as less than and when you start dehumanizing, start taking away 
that that person is as valid as you are, then you're the problem, not them. You're you're the plague, not that person. It's. I always say God did. God did. God does things in the right time. There was a time for the law, and there was a time to move forward. Just like there's a time when you wouldn't hand your three-year-old a knife. But your ten-year-old, you might ask him to help you start cutting carrots, mm -hmm. potatoes, teaching them how to move forward. Your thirteen-year-old, you might have helping you to field dress a deer. We're moving, we're progressing forward. Mm -hmm. We like to think of us as awesome individuals, but I think God thinks of us, <laughs> very oftentimes, God thinks of us as a people. Yeah. You are, he's raising us as a people. So the time of Jesus has come. Now we as Christians um, have an obligation to do what Jesus did with her. Um, Uh, I'll take this moment. There's so much more of this stuff, but I'm going to take a moment, this moment, to talk about this thing. When you're having a conversation, so what the the point to me of this is, when you're having a conversation with one of those people, mm -hmm. whether it's your weird uncle at the family gathering that nobody talks to, and everybody knows why they don't talk to him because he's just, and you have this. Uh, tell me if this is just me. Do you ever get that? You're talking to somebody and you have this panic moment inside of you that's like, get away, get away, get away, get away. You know I think I mean? we all do. Yeah. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask us all to, to really examine that feeling when it's mm -hmm. happening. I've had this conversation with this 85-year-old lady every Sunday for the past four years it's the same thing and she talks to me about it like it's this new amazing thing mm -hmm. like she's telling me something she never told me before and I could tell her word for word what she's going to say to me and I gotta get her. I cannot deal with this mm -hmm. stop yeah. wait a minute hold on this didn't hurt you. You can handle it. In fact, smile. Yeah. Act surprised. Enjoy the moment. Just get over yourself. You ain't that big a deal. I had somebody talk to me about talking to people with dementia who are talking about things that happened in the past 40, 50, 60 mm -hmm. years, 70 years ago, like it happened yesterday. And they are actually having a moment when they really think that that's what happened. And the person yeah. said, we've changed. It used to be that you tried to bring them forward, tried to correct them. They've changed it. And now they're saying, enjoy the history lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Get in your time. Get in the time machine with them and go back. Ask pertinent questions about what's going on. Hey, Grandma. Where did you guys go to the grocery store yesterday? What was that like? How much were they getting for beans? You know, just, just sure. enjoy yeah, your trip. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> Take I, I your you. trip. It ain't hurting nobody. Make them whole. 
in that moment. If somebody, you and I went and watched, uh, walked with a, um, uh, a protest over the George Floyd, mm -hmm. I, I think that I have real problems with the Black Lives Matter uh, I'm going to call them a company now because they made millions of dollars. But the movement, the people in that march were not that company. Right. The people in that march were crushed over the fact that so often poor black men or, or black young men are disproportionately dealt with with violence mm -hmm. by law enforcement or authority. And in that moment, we weren't saying the police suck, white people suck. No. Black Lives Matter is an awesome company. We're saying, I love you, brother, to these people we were marching with. I love you, and I hate this for you, and I want something different for you. Um, let me walk beside you. Let me make you a, a human in that moment, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So, to me... Stop. Slow down. Make them a human. And we can move forward. There is a wonderful, wonderful... I think it's genius. I really do. I, you know that I, I enjoy The Chosen. I, mm -hmm. I like watching it. I like thinking about it and the possibilities and compare it to Scripture and things. There is a wonderful, wonderful... If by chance somebody from The Chosen would see this, it was genius. Mm -hmm. At the end of the show, after the lady's been healed, they she is down by the, the the lake, and she's doing the ceremonial cleansing thing, you know, according to her Jewish faith, um, and and she's going to go on for the rest of her life, yeah. and and the guys, she's just coming out of the water, and she's you know all dry. She has a robe on, you know, she's, and Jesus and the disciples come walking past, you know, by the, the water. And uh, they're all looking at each other, and he's kind of, you know, with the lady and talking and stuff. And, and uh, one of the disciples makes a comment, and, yeah, we're all, you know, unclean, you know, well, what are you doing the rest of it? Well, nothing, you know, now, you know. And they all jump in the water, and the lady gets back in the water, and they're all just there. Can you imagine what she must have felt? Finally, yeah, there's she, people who care, and 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 they're spending time with me, and, and I can be silly. Yeah, and they're and they're dunking each other, and they're playing. That remember how you used to play a horse, and a guy would be on your shoulders, yeah. and you try to, and they're splashing, and they're splashing each other, and and I, and. I, I think, man, she's finally at a place where she's just accepted and she's she's seen. Yeah. You know? And I think it was just fabulous that they added that to it. Does it say that in the scripture? No. But I think it's fabulous that they added that because this woman belongs now. She's she's and what could we do to somebody who's who's like that? This is a very emotional moment for me. Oh yeah. What can we do to change somebody's life by just caring enough to listen 
or or look at them and go, hey, I, I hear you. You're, you're real to me. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that that can speak volumes to somebody, and it can make them feel like they can be seen and loved and cared about again. And who knows what, what that might do for them for the rest of their life. Absolutely. We have an example of... So I want to make sure that people who maybe don't... And you know what? If, I, if nothing else ever happens from this conversation, is I hope that maybe we make people go, I want to go look in the Bible and look at that. If you don't look at the Bible. I hope that mm -hmm. that... If nothing else, just go go read Mark 5. The yeah. whole just check, check. And here's an idea. Read a gospel. Just pick one. I don't care. Find one. Yeah. I like John as the first gospel, but I don't care. Read any of them. Um, I hereby give you permission to skip the baguettes if you want to. Um, but just read it. Anyway, I think that we're in danger of making it seem like this was the only time that Jesus was like this. And he was oh. like this over and over and over again. But many, in Mark many 5, times. there is a moment just before this when he approaches um, it, it, he approaches a um, the demon possessed, possessed the demon man. possessed man yeah. exactly um, and as he approaches them um, I mean Jesus is walking among the tombs and this guy comes out and depending on what you read he's like naked and freaking out and he's got broken chains and they can't get him to leave people alone he's a complete basket case he's screaming at people he's screaming at Jesus cussing mm -hmm. at people he hurts people he's going so imagine the, the the very same guy that everybody else would cross the street and walk on the other sidewalk right. to get away from right so Jesus' response to him again um, is um, is healing and restoration and love mm -hmm. and care. And one of the things I find the most amazing about this um, is Jesus tells the spirits, I mean, this guy is so freaked out, so demon-possessed in that moment that he's got so many things wrong with him that, that he says, my name is Legion. Because there are so many things yeah. wrong with him. He's a legion of things wrong. Um, and I don't mean to to poo-poo the demon-possessed idea. But what I'm saying is, is there are people in your life who have so many things wrong with them that it's a legion of things wrong with them. Yeah. And the way that Jesus deals with him um, is to heal him. But when he has, when he has healed him... Um, uh, This is what happens as Jesus is leaving the situation. As Jesus is getting into the boat, and this is at 18, uh, as Jesus is getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begs to go with him. And Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Of all the people that Jesus deals with, Almost all of them who are in a good position that he deals with, he says, you, go, yeah. you come follow me. And they're like, I can't possibly. I don't know what you mean. This guy 
who Jesus has taken. And some do follow him. You know, Matthew follows him. Peter follows him. These people follow him. But this guy was so exceptionally broken that when Jesus makes him whole, Jesus knows people know this guy. Yeah, oh yeah. People in his hometown know this guy. So when he witnesses to them, they know the story of Jesus now is real. They know the power of what healed this man. Mm -hmm. So, what's that got to do with us? What that's got to do with us is when the people who are hurting, the people who are unclean, when the people who are... um, who no one else wants to deal with, everybody else knows who they are too. So when you're good, good to them, when you care for them, when they maybe are made whole by the church, by the people of, of Christ, when they are made whole by the people of Christ and by the body of Christ, people know that they were healed. The people who know me And know who I was, know who I am, know that that's Jesus. Because I had all the earthly things taken care of. I was rocking it from an earthly perspective. But they also know that I'm the the difference in who I am and the way I handle things, right? So, So, when we make people whole, and people want to know why, it's not because you're awesome. It's because Jesus said, I know that panic feeling you're having right now about talking to this person, but just stand still for a minute. Just listen. Don't have to say anything cool. It's going to be okay. Just hang in there. Smile at him every now and then. Actually make eye contact. Make That's a part of making sense someone whole isn't it mm-hmm. making eye contact when, when you're when you're talking to them if you're doing this and that and mm-hmm. recognize recognize the moment you know do you really have to get to that next thing right now can you just stand still for a minute sometimes you can't I mean, yesterday I was talking to my mom and I had to tell her mom I got I have a business meeting I gotta go to that business meeting but sometimes you have to say at the business meeting, I gotta deal with my mom. Yeah. I gotta help my mom. I gotta let make my mom feel like she's a part of my life, which I suck at. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Um, you, you were talking about many times, and we might have we might be past it a little bit. But one of the things that came to my mind was when Jesus healed the man of leprosy. He mm-hmm. touched him. No. No, That's not, not a, a Jewish thing, man. Not, not a thing not you're a supposed rabbi. to do. No, oh, no. Uh, yeah, a Jewish rabbi touched a leper, um, a man with leprosy, mm-hmm. um, but he touched him. And again, can you imagine what it must have done for that man? Not just the fact that he was healed, but that he was. You're you Somebody human. touched him. Yeah, I, you know. You're 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 valued. I, I care about you. I see you. You know, I, um, it's just so powerful the things that he did. Like you said, though, uh, to close this up, it wasn't a one-time deal. This wasn't a one-shot thing. He did this 
with over people and over, over and, and over, over and over again. Yeah. You know. He's, uh, I love <laughs> this week's scripture <laughs> where he t- he's telling he's telling the, the uh, teachers of the, of the 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 leaders and the teachers and the Pharisees and all the high holy people. <laughs> he's saying prostitutes and, and tax collectors are going to heaven for you. Yeah. We, they get it. They repent of who they are. Um, and there's a particular presidential candidate who um, a lot of conservative Christians love who I want to go. Uh, that yeah. guy said plainly, I have no sin. I, I, have nothing to, I have nothing to ask forgiveness for. Really? Yeah. Because Jesus says plainly, uh, the, the prostitutes and the tax collectors recognize they need to repent. And they do. They saw John mm-hmm. and knew they needed to repent. You guys are standing up here t- talking about how gross he is and that they don't, yeah. you don't need to deal with him. You're above him anyway. Um, yeah. So when we look at, uh, from a practical perspective, we've talked about some of those things. When we talk about this from a practical perspective, the people that I think of, that we think of as unclean, may vary based on who you are. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think so often I'll give you some panic moments for people that I know who have said they were panic moments they were open about it they knew that they were sideways but they didn't know how to deal with it um, somebody talked about going in a woman talked about going in the women's restroom and standing at the mirror doing her makeup was a trans woman mm-hmm. so it she just and the and and the trans woman talked to her. <laughs> it was like trying to be conversational. Oh and you no, know, but she was like, she said, I was like deer in headlights. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I, I mm-hmm. was like, I don't, I didn't want them to be in there. And it, and it felt weird to me and wrong and sideways. And, but she, but she said she talked to her and then she left. And, and I'm thinking those are moments when in your heart of hearts. And I know there's somebody out there who's going, uh, they shouldn't be in the bathroom. And okay, what? Here's the deal. What would Jesus have done with that person in that moment? And I guarantee he would not have thrown them out of the room. If you think they're broken, which they may or may not be, I'm not the judge. But if you think they're broken, make them whole. Look them in the eye. Make a comment about their shoes. Treat them like you would want to be treated. This yeah. is, you know, this is so simple. If you have that, if you have that um, homosexual family member who brings their partner with them to Christmas, you're not you're not winning anybody to Jesus by eating in the other room because you can't be in the room with them. You're not changing anything by going through that. I, I think you said it in, in just a few sentences back. It's it's really simple. It, it, it really is simple. If we go back to the, the two commandments, the greatest commandments, love the Lord your God, love your neighbor 
as yourself. You notice it does not describe who your neighbor is. Well, yeah. And when pressed to describe who his yeah. neighbor was, Jesus took the most disgusting people and made them. And, and said, and that's your that's, neighbor. That's who they are. That guy yeah. is your neighbor. And, and I think to myself, this would be... We always talk about how we want a better world, and we want this, and we want that. Well, if you want a better world, then start acknowledging human beings as human beings. Yeah. Yeah. They may be different than you, yeah. but acknowledge them as a human being. We are so caught up in uh, dissension and, and dissecting our society and making it this faction against that faction against that faction and wouldn't it be great if we just said hey you know, there's things you and I don't agree with but you do you I do me yeah you know um, that there's about the big that is about the most broken thing about us today yeah we are so concerned with being right yeah that we've decided that if you don't agree with me, you're not only not right, you're not human. Frederick Douglass, who was born a slave, who escaped slavery, became a free man, and then became, learned to read, um, and became one of the greatest um, speakers of our country's time was a Christian, but a lot of what he spent time speaking about was he would go to um, anti-slavery movement gatherings and speak, or he would go to church gatherings and speak. He would go into a church and speak. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he talks about, one of his primary themes is, what you've done to us is made us subhuman so that you can feel good about yourself when you do the things you do to us. Mm -hmm. Meaning, him meaning the black people, mm -hmm. uh, the Africans who had been brought here, or people who had been born, he was born a slave, never was anything else. But what's happened is, and so that you can feel good about who you are, Mr. Christian, you what you've done is you've decided that we're a different species. Yeah. You've taken scripture and you've made us subhuman. You've made us not human beings at all. When in truth, your scripture could not possibly justify what you're doing to me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think, I think humans, I think we've reached a point in human history where in order for us to feel like we're right, we have to make the other people subhuman. Um, uh, yep. I'm going to pick on my on, on my people. I am a political. I'm politically conservative, socially liberal, politically conservative, economically conservative. I'm going to pick on my people. In order for us to feel like uh, liberal people or progressive people or whatever name you want to put on it, are. Uh, in order for us to feel like we're right, we have to say they're wrong. And in order for us to feel like they're wrong, we have to call them libtards, mm -hmm. or we have liberal wackos, or uh, 
any other n- list of, of names that we want to call them. Yeah. Um, and so now that's not a person, it's a libtard. And so I can now I can deal with them as a libtard yeah. who is out to get me and hurt me. Okay. Instead of going, you know, they were raised a certain way and they feel a certain way because that's what they believe is right. They honestly think that what they're saying is right. Just like you honestly think that what mm-hmm. you're saying is right. You see absolutely no reason why uh, someone would um, disarm all of the good people, the law-abiding people, so that then they can be robbed by the, mm-hmm. the, the criminals or by the government. <laughs> You completely get that. But then you want to pretend like you don't get yeah. that, that they are completely horrified and disgusted by the fact that so many people are being killed by guns. You want to, so I take that very not religious argument to make the religious argument. If you look somebody in the eye and they're, your, they're a human being just like you are and they have their motivations like you do, we would go so far. Well, because we dehumanize them, we don't think that anything that they say or do has any validation. And the problem with that is we'll even look at a good idea. They may really have a great idea and we'll poo-poo it away Oh yeah, because it came from them. Absolutely. Instead of the ludicrous realizing, things. Yeah, instead of realizing that, hey, this, this might be... This might be a good point here. And we and they turn themselves on their head. Yeah. Well, we. I'm going to look point my finger at me. Turn myself on my head to uh, justify a position that I would never have justified before. Mm. My my political party would never have justified the ideas that they justify today, and the uh, and the opposite uh, is true. Yeah. The progressive folks will justify things that they would never have justified before. Um, it's just weird how yeah. we will flip ourselves on our head to avoid making the other people humans with with perfectly good thought and well-considered thought. Um, so to bring this back yeah. to the woman with the issue about blood, um, I think we need to be like her. Have courage. Yes. You know, push through the crowd. Be different. Um, make your end goal Jesus. Um, be healed by him. And then you've been seen. See others. Uh, I think she was, I admire this lady. She did what it took. Yep. She knew where she needed to be. Um, Jesus tells us as Christians where we need to be. Go, go against the tide. And when the humans fail, as we're going to, mm-hmm. know that he's got, he's got you. Yeah. He's got you. Yeah. I belong to him. Yeah. I'm a child. I'm you know, his daughter. Son or a daughter. I am his, do- I am his son. I am his daughter. Yeah. Um, I belong. Yeah. Yeah. He sees you. Yeah. So you got anything else? That's it for me. Okay. Hey, guys. Thank, thank you for you. joining us. Um, if you get a minute, uh, if you've enjoyed the conversation, if you want to know when we have these, just subscribe or, or uh, follow us. We'd love to, for, to, for you to 
be a part of this each week. Like if you liked it. Don't like if you didn't like it. Uh, but if you're here hearing me say this and you've stuck with us to the end, and I appreciate it. Hey, you guys have a great rest of your day. Yep. Bye. Bye.